And I'm joined now by RNZ Business Editor, Giles Beckford. Kia ora, Giles. Well, word supermarkets have taken a hit. Kia ora to you, Charlotte. Yes, the earnings of the country's second biggest supermarket chain uh, are weaker uh, because of soft trading and the cost of rebranding from the Countdown brand, forcing its Australian owners to take a write-down in the value of the entire business. The parent company says pre-tax earnings for its New Zealand operations are expected to be down about 42% to $71 million. Our reporter, Nona Peltier, has more. Woolworths says trading in New Zealand has been challenging, but it hasn't given any detail on where the pressures have been. The rebranding and upgrading of more than 30 countdown stores to Woolworths has cost $13 million, and that's part of the reason for the earnings decline. But it says where it's done the conversions, sales have picked up, and it's also seen gains from its changed pricing strategies and loyalty program. Even so, the medium-term market outlook is described as weaker, and Woolworth says it will take time to implement its changes and get the benefits. As a result, it's writing off $1.6 billion from the value of the New Zealand business, which was the old food town chain acquired in 2005. The write-down accounts for the bulk of the $2.3 billion it paid in goodwill at that time. Goodwill is the price put on intangible assets, such as the recognition of brand and intellectual property. Well, businesses will need leadership and skills in key technical areas if they're to get to grips with and benefit from new technologies, such as artificial intelligence, to raise productivity. A survey of 200 senior executives and IT managers by the local technology firm Datacom shows their priorities are using data to improve decision-making, giving staff better IT tools and improving artificial intelligence skills. Datacom's Managing Director for New Zealand, Julian Gray, says business is looking to the government for a lead on better use of technology, but the sector also needs to address its own leadership gaps. One gap is we're not necessarily seeing organisations that have um, a a thought-through plan for AI relative to the strategy of their business, and I think it's really important that organisations are linking it to their strategy and to their priorities. And then we're also seeing a gap in in capability in organisations relative to being able to take advantage of of, of artificial intelligence. And we're going to need to close those gaps because we know productivity has been lagging um, in New Zealand for quite some time. And I think AI is a great opportunity for us to improve productivity. And when we contrast ourselves also with Australia, which we also surveyed last year, we are behind in terms of adoption and capability. So we've got uh, some work to do. That's Julian Gray, Managing Director of Datacom in New Zealand. And uh, the survey also shows overwhelming enthusiasm for the election of the new coalition government and great expectations that it will deliver better opportunities for the business sector and the economy in general. And the country's biggest companies are lagging well behind their global peers when it comes to investment and adoption of AI, and there are a few exceptions. The investment house Forsyth Bar has done a second uh, corporate artificial intelligence survey covering about 85% of the country's listed businesses, and it shows little change from the survey done a couple of years ago. Its uh, director, or one of its directors, Aaron Ibbotson, says the top third are making progress, but the rest aren't doing enough. You know, there are exceptions, I want to say, I want to highlight. You know, if you look at the telcos in New Zealand, so 1NZ and Spark, uh, you know, they've done quite a lot uh, within AI. So, you know, there are companies that are that are doing things and there are a bunch of small corporates. 
But if you look at the bread and butter large corporates in New Zealand, um, it is, is a long, long way to go. Aaron Ebertson says just one in eight companies surveyed have an AI strategy and vision, and that's largely unchanged from the previous survey. Well, moves towards cashless economies are pushing ahead in Southeast Asia, which seems to be leading the world in the adoption of digital technology for payments. Singapore's acknowledged as among the leaders in cashless payments with extensive use of QR codes. If you've ever wondered what that stands for, it's quick response. They're the boxes of jagged black and white squares that have come to replace barcodes. Well, the codes have been seen as a practical solution in economies which don't have high levels of credit or debit card usage. Singapore-based fintech expert Zenon Capron says the technology around QR codes is proven, but says there are challenges to greater adoption. The producers of these QR code payment solutions have really tried to address the security concerns. Now, that all being said, with generative AI and everything else that's happening within the technology space right now, 2024 will be a big challenge for cybersecurity in general, but in particular around payments will be a big focus for banks and other players in the market. That's a Singapore-based fintech expert, Zenon Capron. Well, it's 25 past 12. Let's catch up on what's happening with financial markets. As we would expect, it's been a pretty subdued day today with Auckland on holiday. I'm joined by Malika King of Craig's Investment Partners. Kia ora to you, Malika. Kia ora, Giles. Uh, well, um, quiet as I think the young, younger folk would say. Uh, that's the case, isn't it? It is indeed, and, and thank you for teaching me what QR means. I didn't understand it was a quick response. So We're always here to help and inform. <laughs> hey, um, the New Zealand market, the NZX50, is uh, up 31 points or 0.26 of a percent at 11,906 points. Looking at the NZX10, A2 Milk's up one cent at $5.01. Auckland Airport's up nine cents at $8.55.5. EBOS is up 35 cents at $36.50. Fletch Building no change at $4.77. Fish and Paykel Healthcare is down 12 cents at $23.83. Infratil's up 6 cents at $10.76. Main Freight's down 8 cents at $70.32. Meridian's up 3 cents at $5.63. Ryman's down 4 cents at $5.79. And Spark's down 4.5 cents at $5.35. Right, Australia's back from its long weekend. How have they opened? They are the All Lords is up 16, um, 16.5 points uh, at 7,801 points. You mentioned Woolworths at the top of uh, top story, and uh, there's no change there. Well, down just seven cents at $36.14 after the write down of those New Zealand assets. Which takes us to the New Zealand dollar. We're a little weaker in this morning's trading, uh, trading against all our trading partners, news, uh, buying 60.91 US cents, 92.55 Australian cents, 47.96 pence, 56.15 euro cents, 90 yen and 4.376 yuan. Which leaves us with interest rates, oil and gold. 90-day bank bills are at 5.675%. The five-year swaps at 4.363%, and the 10 years at 4.493%. Spot gold's $2,025 US a barrel, and Brent crude, uh, sorry, announced, and Brent crude is $84.37 US a barrel. 
Thank you very much. That's Malika King from Craig's Investment Partners. Time just to tell you that the trading situation, for the, or overseas trade situation, just that little bit more depressing uh, for the year ended December. Exports, the value of exports, down $3 billion. It's about 4.5% to just under $69 billion, while imports fell 5% to just over $82 billion. That leaves us with a trade deficit for the year of $13.6 billion, which is something of an improvement on the $14.6 billion deficit the year before. All the news and numbers updated for you at around half past five in Checkpoint. But for now, Charlotte, that's business. Kia